You can find mentors, which I think are super important, especially as women, especially as women in business, finding those people who can kind of um, help you along, give you direction, give you advice and feedback that you can really trust to have your best interest at heart um, and really help direct you as you kind of like lead your path through the crazy corporate world. This is Super Shiro's, the show where we interview women doing amazing things in the world to inspire, empower, and entertain you. Welcome to Super Shiro's. So, hi. Today we're here with Alex Moore. Um, and this is, hi. <laughs> this is a little bit about her. She is a results-driven, integrated marketing strategist, storyteller, and operational expert with a passion for connecting brands and consumers through content, culture, entertainment, and technology. So, can you please explain a little bit more about what you do? Um, yeah, because that sounds pretty confusing, I feel like. <laughs> I think it's hard to put exactly what I do in the box um, and in a couple of really short sentences because I've done kind of a wide range of things. Um, but at the end of the day, I really do see myself, I, I'm a marketing person. Um, and really what I do is I leverage culture to market to people. So what does that mean? It means really engaging people through the things that they're most passionate about. And that could be music, it could be fashion, it could be entertainment, it could be food, it can be travel, it can be kind of all sorts of things. So basically, I really see my job as finding ways to authentically integrate brands into things like content that people actually love and are connect with. And then they'll understand kind of what that brand is about through that experience. Okay, well, I guess something related to this is you've worked with lots of big companies. Yes. Just and just name a few, Amazon, WWE, Billboard, Vox Media, like just so many different things. And yeah, you said- Nike, Spotify, Disney, yeah. I literally, the list goes on. I've been very That's- lucky. That's a lot of big companies. Um, so I guess related to what you just said, it's about culture and creating and creating content. So I really want to learn more specifically about like WWE because when I th- think of that, all I think is wrestling. But obviously, it's entertainment, and there's things that have to go into marketing it. So I just want to know like a little bit what you did about that one specifically. Yeah, and I should also just clarify one thing before I touch the WWE thing is that one of the reasons why I've had the opportunity to work with really so many big brands is because a lot of what I do is work with kind of entertainment um, and media providers. So a lot of times I work with magazines, I work with television shows, I work with the big award shows, and then I work with the brands that want to be integrated into them. So that's one way that I get to work with so many different brands and so many really amazing brands doing fun things. Um, So WWE um, was actually interesting. So to back up a little bit more again, so I basically work as a consultant right now. So what that means is I work on a lot of different projects for different people, depending on what they need. So for the WWE, I was working there um, because they needed some help. They were actually getting ready for WrestleMania. And part of what I was doing was really working with the creative team to create everything from the costumes you see on stage. And sometimes there's even brands that are represented in those costumes, um, doing some of the merch and a lot of the creative for that. 
um, as well as helping to actually promote all of the different WWE events that they have all over the country and honestly all over the world. So it was everything from helping to produce the posters and the signage that would appear in literally every venue, any place, any of the WWE town appears. That's cool. I didn't, I mean, like, I didn't even know that what they're wearing was brands. I just always assume, I mean, it makes sense, but. It's, it's not, definitely not always, but I think you also have to think of it like each of those people is a brand in and of themselves, right? So every single one of them have kind of a look and feel every single one of them have a personality and so they're a brand in and of themselves and then there are sometimes and definitely not all the time moments where brands will come in and participate and do things around the wwe as well okay that's really cool um i know that you said when you're talking you said i'm currently a consultant so i just related to COVID. how has that changed were you like not a consultant before but now you are no, that's a great question. You know, COVID has really changed so much. And one of the things that I worked on a lot pre-COVID uh, was a lot of big events. So like I said, it was award shows. Um, I've worked on New Year's Rocking Eve, which most people have seen with Ryan and Seacrest. Um, and I also do, some of them are conferences for big brands or going to South by Southwest um, and different places like that and really creating brand activations there. Obviously, none of that has happened over the past year. So as a consultant, that side of my business has been really impacted. Um, and it's still something that I do a lot and I'm starting to see that come back, which is great. One of the other things I do is actually consult with and help startups. So there's a particular startup that I've been working with and that's really kind of taken off during COVID times. So it's basically a social media platform that's built for subscriptions. So instead of just following your favorite people, if you're really that super fan, you would be able to pay them for much closer access. So you might be able to get merch from them that's exclusive, talk to them, get content that no one else is getting. So because of COVID and you have all of these people who've been just sitting at home and creating content, um, and then you have lots of people who are consuming it. We've really seen that whole business kind of take off during this time. So it's a little different than some of my normal things that I do, which are the big events and the huge brands. But this is the other side of things that I like to do. And it's still very kind of culture driven again at the end of the day. These are really influencers and celebrities who everyone loves. And it's really helping them create their own brands and their own businesses. That's really cool. Um, out of curiosity, what's this company name called? So it's called Wave, but we spell it a little strangely. It's spelled W-E-I-V, and that's because it's view backwards. So we're really changing the way people both view their social media. And of course, you know, in the digital marketing world, it's called views every time you get someone's eyeballs on you. So we're really kind of trying to change that around and understand that all of these content creators who are out there and who are creating content every day and are doing it and putting it out there for free, there's real value there and they should be getting paid for that. So we're really trying to create that mechanism and that platform so that they can actually get paid. So it's called Wave. Um, the website is ridethewave.com. You can definitely go check it out. We're just literally launching, but you can see some of the people that we already have using the platform. That's really cool. Um, the whole like creativity was behind the name is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so sorry. Another well, another further question about COVID. Yeah. Did, you, did you obviously so you've worked with all these things and all the big events and things? Do you prefer how it was before, or are you liking this being at home, 
sometimes I don't know but like which one do you like do you prefer more that's such an interesting question you know I think there's good things about both of them um, you know, because I'm a consultant, I'm not always, I sometimes work from home anyways. So that for me wasn't necessarily a huge change. Um, but I think what it has done is really showed everyone how much people can do without having to be in the office all the time. Um, and understanding that if someone is either traveling or is taking a day off, um, but a working day off that people don't just assume that they're taking a vacation day and not calling it that. I think people are realizing how much work you really can get done without necessarily being in the office. So I am somebody who I, I like being in team environments. I like being around the people that I work with. So for me, I do miss parts of that. Um, but at the same time, I don't necessarily miss having to be in the office at specific times, you know, and it gives you a lot more flexibility to do things like I don't know, maybe travel one day when <laughs> we can with COVID again and still be able to kind of work on projects. So right. I love that flexibility. That's cool. Um, I know that there's less people who are like, if my job had something where it was like, basically like how schools are doing hybrid, if we could work from home sometimes, it'd be the perfect mix. Well, that's it, right? And I'm, I'll be interested to see how everything changes moving forward. Like, I don't know that most brands or brands, most companies are going to go back full time exactly in the same way. I can definitely see it be something like, you know, you can kind of work either from the office or from home. And maybe there's one or two days a week where we come in as a team to have team meetings, work creatively together. And then the rest of it, as long as you're kind of getting your work done, they don't really mind where you're doing it from. So I think that's kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah, I definitely think that COVID has helped in that aspect because there are definitely companies who are just always working from nine to five plus extra time. It definitely has given that freedom of now I can take a break. Um, so quite another question. You had mentioned that you like the team environment and working with people. So because my stepmom knows you and obviously she's my stepmom, I've heard some stories about your high school experience. <laughs> I can only imagine. So <laughs> I'm like, just, where's this questioning going though? <laughs> so I'm just curious to hear about your experience and how from what, how you were in high school has changed it, who you become now. Oh, that's very interesting actually. So there's a couple of funny stories about this. So one in high school, um, I think I was like pretty quiet. I definitely wasn't, you know, the most outgoing person. I wasn't always, you know, the most confident person either, to be honest. I think everyone struggles with that in high school. And I remember my mom telling me one time, and I actually think this is good advice. You don't want to peak in high school. Um, and she was telling me this because I think she was seeing, you know, I wasn't necessarily the happiest in high school and was still trying to figure out who I was and, and what I was about. And she was just saying, you know, you don't need to figure it all out now. You have a whole life ahead of you to continue to figure that out. And I think high school presents a lot of challenges for everyone. Um, and I think it is a great place to start learning about yourself and start learning about the things you like. Like I really, I think in high school started learning about which subjects I liked and the things I potentially wanted to study moving forward. Um, you know, well, and because I know your stepmom, we played volleyball together, we danced together. There was a lot of kind of those extracurricular activities too that I really found my passion around. Um, so I think those things were all important, um, but it wasn't definitely like I was the most popular person or I was the smartest person or, you know, I would have thought I was gonna be the most successful. I think it's just about, you know, 
learning about yourself as much as you can, making it through and understanding you have a whole life ahead of you to continue to learn and grow. Yeah. Well, you know, since you brought a volleyball, <laughs> I actually... And you're in high school now, so I'm interested yeah. to hear actually if any of that resonates with you or how you feel about high school. It does. I'm very happy to say I have started playing volleyball. Um, yeah, I actually ended up watching an anime called Haikyuu. Okay. It's about volleyball. And I was like, that looks so much fun. And I started it and now I love it. So that's exciting. And is your fat mom helping you at all with this? Sort of. She's been busy recently. with you in the backyard or something? Because she should be. See, she sh yes, we've played games and things before. We're just like, she's gotten hurt or her ankle hurts or blah, blah, blah. So she's been busy, but she's definitely giving me like tips and pointers verbally. Yeah. So that's definitely been helping. Um, but yeah, sadly, because of COVID, the, um, the season hasn't started yet, but we've been practicing together. So that's been cool. Yeah. Well, I love that you're doing that now. I mean, I loved volleyball. So I started playing in high school. So your stepmom and I actually were both gymnasts before we got to high school. And I think, you know, kind of by the time we had gotten to high school, we had moved on from gymnastics because it's, you know, definitely a young person's game. So at, you know, about 13, we were old. Um, but, uh, we both kind of started playing volleyball around the same time, but I actually really loved volleyball. I continued to play, started playing, um, club volleyball as well. And I went on to play volleyball in college and actually D1 and went to the NCAA tournament and everything. So did you, ever, did you ever think about going professional? No. And I, there's no way that I was like good enough to go professional. Um, but it was still, really fun. And, you know, I think it actually, you know, you asked about high school, but I think being on that team, like actually had a big impact on my college experience and made it really fun too. So. Do you think that being on like the D1, D1 team, and everything, do you think it impacted how you went from like the sort of shy person, now this outgoing person who's working with all these different people? Yeah, I think it probably had something to do with it. You know, the thing that I realized about myself when I was going through college and I came from California, I went to school to a very small school back east um, and there were things about me that were just different than everyone else. And my take on that when I was in college was to kind of lean into those things and the differences that I had, whether it was the way that I dressed or the things that I, you know, was doing um, and really kind of took pride in them and really, you know, owned it, I would say. And I think that for me was really important in terms of just kind of coming to who I was and understanding it and embracing it. Um, and I think the other thing, you know, again, I was not the, I actually walked onto that team. I wasn't recruited. So I think one of the things that that really taught me is that one, it's not only just about talent. Sometimes it's about how hard you work. And I still think to this day that one of the reasons why I got onto that team was just because of my attitude and the way that I um, was when I played, you know, I loved it. I had fun. I was supportive. I tried to always be uplifting um, and really just be the team player. And I think that was like half of the battle. Right. Yeah. Cause I know that I'm, Obviously, I don't know, but my assumption is they're probably looking for people who are supportive and are rooting for the other people and are cheering everyone on. It's not, like you said, it's not just about talent. So that makes sense. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely hard work. You can't like get right. over that part of it, but you don't have to be six feet tall because I'm not, um, you know, and the best athlete in the world. You know, I think there's different roles for everyone on teams. Yeah, definitely. Okay. 
So since we're talking about high school, but also transitioning back into work a little bit, yeah. was this the job you wanted to do when you were my age? Because I know you said in college, you started talking about like what you like to do in different classes and subjects. So was this what you wanted to do or anything similar to it? No. And honestly, I had no idea that this was a career when I was your age at all. And honestly, probably mostly through college. So I was a science geek, um, science geek in high school, science geek in college as well. So I actually, when I started applying to colleges, I thought I wanted to do genetic research. Um, you know, maybe I should have founded 23andMe. I'd be in a whole different career path now. Um, so I definitely didn't anticipate this. And then actually, even when I went to school, my major was a cross between physics, chemistry, and math. So again, definitely just science geek. Um, but I realized like part of that, and I think looking back on it is like, I'm, I'm a problem solver at the end of the day. Like I love getting a problem and solving it. I'm not someone who necessarily is going to memorize everything or that's just not what I enjoy. Um, so I see that kind of being carried through and you know, when I first got out of college, I thought I might go back and um, either go to med school or go to PT school actually, and do more like physical therapy, sports therapy, sports medicine. Um, so when I first graduated, I kind of didn't know what I was going to do, but I decided that I wanted kind of what I thought was going to be not a super uptight corporate job. I didn't want to wear a suit every day. I didn't want to work in finance. I knew that. So I went to go work for an advertising agency initially. Um, and I worked at an advertising agency on pharmaceuticals. So I figured that wasn't getting me too far away from my kind of medical goals. And so that if I decided I wanted to go back to med school in a year or two, kind of that um, experience within the industry would still have some relevance. Um, I quickly decided that that wasn't for me. Um, and I actually went to go work at a digital agency and actually I got laid off from that digital agency, which was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, because at the time I was trying to figure out what I actually wanted to do. Um, I didn't love that job either, but I had kind of gotten into the music industry um, just in terms of like who my friends were and things like that. And I had decided that I wanted to do marketing within the music industry. So that's actually what kind of made me leave agencies was getting laid off and really then trying to really go after that side of it. So I went back to school. I actually started taking some classes at NYU about the business of music, the business of entertainment, marketing music, marketing and entertainment. Um, and honestly, really like picking up all sorts of odd jobs with friend of my, with my friends who worked in the entertainment industry. So everything from helping them, you know, stuff labels into CDs so that their street teams could hand them out to um, getting invited to random meetings that people would just bring me to just to kind of see what was going on. Um, and that was actually then how I got more into the entertainment side of things, which was much more aligned with my passions. And then I've just never looked back. That's crazy how you went from science to entertainment. That's a big gap. Now. Yes, go ahead. Random question that I don't think is very possible, but do you think that there's anything that you learned from your science majoring that is now tied to the entertainment side that you're working in now? Actually, yes. Um, so there's a few things. So one, like I said, I think I realized I'm a problem solver at the end of the day. That's like really what I do. Um, and that skill set and kind of looking at things like that, I think is still very much 
kind of what I do day to day. I feel like there's so many times that it's like, I'm trying to figure out a puzzle and how all of these pieces fit together in a way that makes sense. And then how do I communicate that? So I still think that there's kind of this um, logical piece to it that uh, still serves me today, even though it's, you know, it's not physics, it's not, you know, nuclear physics and, you know, all of that, even though I did study that stuff too. Um, and then the other side of it too is, you know, so much of marketing these days is around data. Um, and especially with the advent of, you know, obviously the internet and digital media and kind of how far it has all gone, the amount of data that we have is just, you know, immense. So I think having those like analytical skills and understanding how to look at data, how to take trends out of data, um, and honestly, just working with data, keeping track of data, all of those things, you know, were maybe not what I thought I was going to take out of, you know, doing all of my studying and stuff in college, but I think it's actually been really helpful. And I think I have a really interesting perspective to have that kind of logical problem solving number side that is mixed with the creative side. Right. What do you think would happen if you didn't have that logic side? Because obviously there's a huge percentage of it is creativity, but you said you definitely use that logic part in your job. Yeah, I think it just changes maybe like what my role would be a little bit. You know, um, one of the things that I love is that I work with creatives every day. Um, and I don't always think of myself as being like the most creative person in the room. Um, and there's a wide range of types of creatives that I have worked with. So, you know, maybe they're just graphic designers. Um, maybe they're, you know, you know, videographers and video editors, maybe they're producers and directors or copywriters, all of them are super creative. So I think if I didn't have the same kind of like logical side of it, I'd be doing more of that kind of thing. Um, you know, maybe it'd be more visual, something like that. I think the logical side helps me be super strategic in it all and kind of match that creative with what makes sense from a business standpoint. Okay, uh, that makes sense. Now, random question. If you were forced or if you had to be sp specifically in the creative side, what creative job would you want to do? Because I know you just named a couple. Ooh. That's a really good question. I think I would probably still be um, kind of on like a, a director producer kind of role in the video side of things. That to me is still really about the storytelling. And I think that's still something I really love. Yeah, I can definitely see how that's related to like marketing and cre creating things, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. Nothing that's related, but so we know that you're busy. How do you make time in your schedule for hobbies, relaxation, whatever, the things that you want to do? How do you make time in your schedule for it? Another very good question. So I will also admit that that's probably something that I'm not always the best at. Um, I get really excited sometimes by the work that I do, which then makes me not necessarily create those boundaries like I should. Um, and I can get really consumed by it. Um, so that being said, I am trying to do better, especially as I have gotten older, um, to just kind of set those boundaries, whether it's even like blocking out the time in my schedule, like in my actual 
phone or in my book, that is like an hour or two here to like work out, to do those other things. And then giving myself sometimes like a cutoff time. Um, you know, I feel like some of the industries and the stuff I work on, like it's never ending. So you could always be doing more, but just realizing that at some point you've got to put a stop to it and let it rest um, and then kind of come back to it. And I think sometimes you're more productive that way. I think you can run yourself ragged and into the ground very easily, but I think in order to kind of stay at your best game, you really do need to give yourself those breaks. Yeah. And I definitely think that's also related to how people are working at home that people are definitely taking more breaks, but then there's also people who are like, well, I'm at home. I can work till three in the morning now. And then they also don't take breaks. (laughs) Yeah. And I've definitely seen myself doing both. (laughs) I have moments of both for sure. Um, You know, I actually just took on some additional projects this week. So this week has been like a little crazy for me. So I've been doing more work longer than I probably should. Um, Just kind of getting up to speed and getting everything aligned and organized and all of that. Um, But then I've also had moments of time to like really just make sure I can like go out for a walk, go out for a longer lunch than I might normally um, and really kind of take that time. So yeah, it definitely goes both ways. But I think in general these days, you know, whether you're home or not, you always have a phone in your hand. And so most people do have their work on their phone, you know, so it's hard to totally escape. So I think you actually have to put effort into making sure that you don't just get sucked into work all the time. Yeah. Well, thank you for making time for this in your schedule. Of course. Well, this is a priority. (laughs) Thank you. So on your LinkedIn, I realized that there are a couple jobs where it's when you started wherever, but they continue onto the present. And I know you said you're a consultant, but are you working on multiple things right now? I know you said you have lots of projects, at least this week. Yeah, definitely. So I'm trying to even remember what all of my projects are that are listed on there as current. Um, But like I said, so one of them that's kind of near the top is I'm the VP of Wave, which again is that like new social content platform that we're in the middle of launching. So that's definitely one of my main jobs these days. I still do consult and take on other projects. So like I said, I just took on some additional projects. I just don't do it necessarily full time, but I still work with a lot of media companies. Um, and other companies as well. So for instance, the projects that I just started with are with somebody that I actually worked with before um, and we're putting together kind of sponsorship and brand ideas around some big events that are coming up and that are starting to move forward again after COVID. So that's exciting. And then one of the other ones that I know is on there as well is um, I'm still kind of one of the leads of an agency called Project 2050. Um, And that agency really focuses on both social and cultural impact projects. Um, And again, I don't work there necessarily full time, but depending on the project, they will definitely pull me in to kind of help, um, you know, kind of lead the team or work with clients or do whatever is kind of needed. That's crazy. I mean, even though you're not working there all the time, like how do you go from, okay, now working at this job, well, next week I switch to this job and like, that's just so much going on in your mind, it seems like. Um, it definitely is. But I think it's just one of those things you get used to. Because even when I worked at one job, it doesn't mean I've just never been someone who has like one project going on at one time. There's always a bunch of projects going on. So, you know, I think it's also a balance of like multitasking and keeping up with everything and keeping all the balls in the air, but really also giving yourself time to focus on each thing um, to make sure that you're, you know, 
giving it the time and attention that it needs. So, you know, I think I just, it was something that I learned as I was going through the workforce um, to kind of balance all of these things and figure out how to kind of keep all the balls in the air. But it's definitely not for everyone. Um, but I'm just somebody, I don't want my two days to be the same. I want to constantly be having things change and to be different. And that's what keeps me excited and motivated and interested in what I'm doing. So for me, I like that part of it. Well, when you put it like that, I can definitely relate to it. I'm definitely more on the creative side if I were to have your job, but yeah. um, I always, well, one day I'm going to draw this picture. The next day I'm going to go and redecorate my whole room and <laughs> definitely lots of different creative projects that I, I randomly do that I don't necessarily finish. <laughs> Well, and I mean, that's fair too, right? But even look at what you're doing now. You have this podcast. I know you have your kind of acting and modeling things that you do and you're doing school and you're doing volleyball, right? But it's like all yeah. of those things together are what make it more fun. So uh, I think you're well on your way. Thank you. And yes, now, when, like I said, when you put it that way, I definitely relate to it. It just sounds crazy when you think of it like a job. It seems yeah. like so much more work. Yes. Well, again, not every job is like 40 hours a week and you, right. know, you have to show up from nine to five. Um, some of it is just, you know, people want to tap into your networks or pick your brain or, you know, help come up with like cool ideas. So that doesn't necessarily take all your time, um, but they have like a network of people that they go to. So, yeah. Um, well, you just said the word network and it made me think of something that you said a while ago. <laughs> and when you went towards the, the music side, and I was just curious, like, what musicians have you worked with? And, like, how, like, I guess also tie, if you could tie that into, like, networking and how working with one musician can go to the next and the next and next and so forth. Um, sure. Wow, I'm trying to think. I have worked with a lot of people in music on just, but in different ways, like, not always, like, super closely, um, but I've worked with, geez. I'm just, trying to just think. name a few. You don't have to name all of them. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the ones that are like the closest to me. But um, you know, I mean, I've done work with everyone from Puff, aka Diddy. I don't know what he calls himself these days. Love, I think. Um, you know, Kanye West, Justin Bieber, Kelly Rowland. Um. I don't know. There's there's literally a million of them. A lot of them are going to be older than you. So, so I was trying to think if there was anyone no. like younger and cooler that I can talk about. No, but no. I've heard of all the names. Old school people now. <laughs> don't worry. I've heard of all those names before. <laughs> those are very well known. Yeah. Um, but on the networking piece of it, you know, I think that's really, I mean, for me, that's like always been the key. And honestly, it's how I've gotten every single job. It's still how I get most of my jobs through consulting and things. Um, it's just really, especially getting into the music industry or really any sort of entertainment industry, like they tend to be very, um, you know, tight kind of communities at the end of the day. So I think networking is really the biggest thing that you can do. So I told you in the beginning, when I first started going into the music industry, I was literally like any friend that I had who was in the music industry that I knew socially, I was offering to help them and do kind of whatever it was that I could do. So for me, again, like I was going to meetings with them if they wanted me to like, I don't know, show up to a meeting for some reason, or they would let me come with them. Um, I started volunteering at um, 
Billboard actually used to do conferences in Miami all the time. So I used to start volunteering for the conferences. It's just kind of an extra set of hands. I would do everything from stuffing gift bags to you know, working the check-in desk and everything in between, but it got me into the room with all of these like really amazing people. And I would just talk to anyone. I would ask them lots of questions about who they were, what they did, how they got there, you know, what they were interested in. Um, and just realize that every single person that you talk to, you never know like what that relationship can turn into. And they could be the intern or the assistant, or they could be the CEO. Sometimes the assistants are actually way more helpful than the CEOs are, um, you know, whether it's just because they're busy or because they know more about what's going on and they can actually connect you with people. Um, so I think it's always been something that has been really important to me is like understanding and really working on networking and making sure, you know, if I meet people, making sure I follow up with them. I've always been really great at like sending someone an email the next day, just being saying, you know, thanks. It was so great to meet you. I hope we can keep in touch. Um, and just making sure that you kind of continue those relationships. And if I ran into them again somewhere being like, hey, I met you here. It's just great to see you. You know, it's not always about asking for a job or trying to get a job. I think it's just about kind of knowing. Um, and then you just never know where those things can go. And again, those have been how I've gotten pretty much every job. It's how I definitely got involved in the music industry. Um, that was actually like one of the ways that I got my first kind of real job within the music industry or music industry adjacent. I had met a guy out at a bar and we had just started talking and he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, oh, I want to work in the music industry. And he was like, oh, okay. Like I know some people. I didn't really realize who I was talking to. Literally a week later, he invited me to Puff's office because so he wanted to write this deck for a celebrity basketball game. And he was like, do you know how to write this deck? And I was like, I could try. Like, I'll just sit there and I'll do it. So I was sitting in that office. And then the next day he took me and he was like, there's a girl who does this all the time and I want her to read your proposal. So he takes me to one of his other friend's office, puts me in her office and is like, here, can you just like read her thing? And the girl was looking at me like, I don't have time for this, <laughs> but I stayed there and she did finally read my proposal and she hired me as an intern. And I ended up working with her for five years, um, doing events and event marketing. And that was really my first foray, both into entertainment and to events and really onto like the marketing and the brand side of things. So it was just one of those things. Like I just kind of went with whatever was out there, um, the things that were coming towards me. And I just figured I would continue to kind of meet people and just see what happens. And sometimes it turns into something really amazing. That's crazy. How you yeah. met someone at a bar. <laughs> um, I can definitely yeah. relate to that. I can definitely relate to that though. I don't know where I heard it. But I just recently heard someone say, maybe it was one of my parents, I don't know, but just talk to everyone. Like even, like even just in my high school experience, like maybe one of those people that you talk to, they'll grow up to be someone well known, the thing that you want to do. And then totally, they might be the next Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk or right. whoever it is. Right. So yeah, I think that's like really important. And I think you just never know what people's career paths are going to be or how you might intersect with them later on in life. So I think, you know, doing your best to kind of, again, it's not like you have to like talk to every single person, you know, every day, but just having them as someone in your network, trying to keep up a relationship or a rapport with them, at least at some extent is really like the best thing that you can do. I think for any type of career that you're going into, you're going to learn more about what it is that you're doing. You can find mentors, which I think are super important, especially as women, especially as women in business finding those people who can kind of um, help you along, give you direction, give you advice and feedback that you can really trust to have your best interest at heart. Um, 
and really help direct you as you kind of like lead your path through the crazy corporate world? Yeah. Well, I don't have any further questions, but (laughs) (laughs) thank you. But the class concluding question, if you could travel back in time and talk to your 15 year old self, what advice would you give? I think it would honestly be like, you don't have to have it all figured out, like live your life, have fun, lean into the things that you're enjoying and that you're loving and realize that, you know, whether you're 15 or 25 or 35 or 45 or 85, you can continue to learn, you can continue to grow and you can continue to do new things. So I think sometimes when you're in high school, it feels like the weight of the world is on you. You have to know exactly what you want to do, exactly where you want to go to college. You have to get all the perfect grades to get it there. And, you know, all those things are important. And I think it's great to think about, but nothing is like a solid door. You know, when you walk through a door, it doesn't mean that you're locked into that room. If you do something and you decide you don't like it, you can just like decide to do something else at any point in time. And I think I didn't necessarily realize that I didn't have to have it all figured out all at that one particular time. Yeah. Thank you. Cause I think I said this earlier, but everyone expects you to know what you want to do and all the things. And just hearing the, someone say, you don't have to know, it helps a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, I think in our culture, right? Like you start asking people, I probably have done it to you at some point in time. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you literally start asking kids that when they're like two years old, you know, obviously no one knows what they want to be when they're two years old. Cause you usually want to be like a dinosaur um, <laughs> or something, you know, but it's kind of this continual, I feel like pressure throughout your life of like always knowing what you want to do. And you know, even at this point in my career, and I feel like I've done a lot and accomplished a lot, I sometimes am still like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. You know, I think that there's still things that I can change or do differently. And, you know, I feel like I've accomplished a lot in this lane. And it's one of the reasons why I'm going into different things and working with startups and trying new things. Cause it's just like, you know, I don't think you ever want to be stuck and you can always try something new. So that's yeah. just what I say. So much more room to grow. Always. And literally, like I said, you can be 85. There's still lots of room to grow. Yeah. That's crazy when you think of it that way. Yeah. And honestly, especially as I've seen, you know, my parents get older as well. I think one of the best things in terms of keeping them young at heart has been exploring and doing new things. I have a stepfather who is, um, you know, in his seventies, who is like, he's become this total no oil vegan Peloton fanatic and he looks great. He's healthier than he's ever been. And he's doing things like during COVID, like using YouTube to teach himself how to play the piano. Um, So you can never stop learning. And I think it honestly, like I said, keeps you young, keeps your brain healthy and all of that. So yeah, Yeah. don't stress about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again for doing this. I really appreciate you making the time for this. Of course, of course. I am so flattered that you even asked me or thought of me. I'm... How could I not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely. Well, like I said, I've known your stepmom for a long time. Um, we've had very different career paths and different uh, you know, ways forward. But uh, I think it just, again, goes to show you there's like so many different ways you can go. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you. This was awesome. I love that you're even doing this. Um, So congratulations and definitely keep it going. I will. Thank you. Thanks. 
Thank you for listening. Once again, we want to thank Alex for being on the show and talking about the great things she's doing in the world. I really liked how we were able to talk about how she was in high school and what changed to make her who she is today. Make sure to check out ridethewave.com to see all the creatives who are supporting this new company. And that's W-E-I-V, which is VU spelled backwards. Share this show with other super shows in your life. Now go explore the world.